Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. If you're anything like us, you'll have spent the weekend and beyond glued to your phones, watching the Backyard Ultra World Champs unfold. Uh, this was an amazing event organized by Lazarus Lake, Barclay Marathon's fame, in which teams around the globe competed in last man standing format events. Uh, and there were just some amazing performances, uh, including a new world record. Uh, here in Singapore, we had the dead effing last Backyard Ultra out on the East Coast. And again, so many of the people who participated ran further than they'd ever run before. Uh, and it was an amazing thing to watch. Um, and today on the show, we're joined by the top three finishers of that event, Abby, Hung Wei, and Jasmine, as well as the race organizers, Jerry and Megan. And we wanted to find out how it all went down, whether they managed to execute the strategy they went in with, how it felt towards the end, and how much further they think they might have gone. Uh, so without further ado, we give you Team Singapore, dead effing last. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Welcome everyone to the Endurance Asia podcast. Fantastic to see you all here, looking remarkably fresh, given what you all accomplished just a few days ago. Um, but we're here here today. We've got the, the top three finishers from the dead fucking last Backyard Ultra here in Singapore. Uh, we've got Jasmine, finished in third place. We've got Hung Wei, who was the assist. And then Abby, who I've seen referred to. They, they, they say the person who, who, who's the last, the last man standing is the only loser on the day because they're the only person who doesn't get to find out how far they can go. So looking forward to finding out all about that. Um, we've also got Jerry and Megan who did an absolutely amazing job pulling the whole thing off under a, a cloud of secrecy and, uh, you know, many, many hours of, uh, of support on the day. So with that, let's, um, let's perhaps start with, uh, with you, Jasmine. Um, perhaps you could tell us how it went on the day for you, how you're feeling now, what you, uh, what you thought about it all. Hello everyone. Um, so I'm Jasmine. Uh, very lucky uh, to finish third behind two absolutely extraordinary men. Uh, I wish I lasted a bit longer so that I can kick their ass. But anyway, what, what were your expectations going in? I mean, just just to just to recap, you did. I think you did twenty nine yards. I did twenty nine. Right? That's right. I did twenty nine. Um, what was my expectation going in? Um, I wanted to be the last woman and the last man and the last person standing, obviously. Um, that was uh, really something that I was aiming for. Um, but nevertheless, I'm very happy with what I did because um, I think the longest I've ever ran was 100K. And I have never tried something like that in this format. So the format is new. The distance is new. Um, the preparation going in was also um, very... Uh, you, you know, really uh, out there, as in, you know, you, you really don't know what works. Uh, you just got to uh, trust that the training is going to help. So I've got my strength coach coming in, my running coach coming in. So they came up with a program for me and uh, we, we really had it going, I think, um, until, until yard 29, which is when I couldn't run anymore because I busted my foot. I think I tore a ligament. But prior to that, I was feeling good and uh, I was keeping up with the boys and um, I felt that I could go really much longer, maybe into the 30 plus loops. Yeah. Wow. So I think you, you're coached by Ben at, at Coached, right? Who we've had on the podcast before. Yes. And so, so what did, um, how did he tweak and how did you tweak your, your training going into it? Um, so we had a lot of longish run, like much, much longer than when I was prepping for my marathon. Yeah, so, uh, but it's not, I mean, like I said, I, I don't think there is like a, I mean, 
there is really not not much longer you can run. I mean, I I, I didn't I didn't go out there and run like twelve hours. Uh, I think the max in the program was like maybe five or four, and that's it. Because I think uh, also we believe that the recovery is important. Um, uh, but other than I, I I believe what really worked in my program was the strength part, the strength training that I incorporated into the running, and that made the the legs really stronger. I didn't really have any other issue except for the ligament tore, uh, torn. Uh, that's it. Yeah, so I was a, actually feeling quite strong. Yeah, that's a shame that held you back. What? Um, how do you? How did you manage with the the stop start nature of it? Were you? What were you doing with the the time off in between the, the yards? Uh, so I had my crew. Uh, so it was it was almost like coming into the pit stop for the F1 car. So uh, it, it's very uh, root, like we had a routine. Like just come in, I will lie down immediately, lift my legs. Uh, and then that that would be going on for the whole say ten minutes. I was there. I'll be lying on. I'll be lying down, and then they will be massaging me, and then I'll be drinking from a bottle, like sipping like a baby. And <laughs> just, I just did everything lying down, including eating if I could. Um, but I tried to structure it in such a way that I had a lot of uh, food in the day, but I just minimize uh, real food at in the evening at night. So that the digestive system gets a rest in that sense. So that was my that was my strategy. And until you tore the ligament, everything was going well. You after you passed your perfect your your, your yeah. previous record was what hundred. You done a hundred k. Yeah, after my hundred k, I went for the hundred mile. I mean, I mean, I was there. Of, I mean, I think the minimal I know I set the standard was uh, the minimum standard I knew I had to go is twenty four. But I told my crew, don't stop me before 24 hours. I must go 24 because 100 mile, I want to be in a 100 mile club. That's for sure. Yeah. So that was uh, the minimum expectation for me. Uh, but we were going in to win. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Such a shame. And what, so, so what, have you done, and what have you done since the race? How have you recovered since then? Feed up. <laughs> well, there's really not much I can do. Uh, actually, I, I um, like I said, nothing's broken except for the torn ligament. Um, so everything, I was just still walking around uh, as, you know, except uh, for that, the foot. Um, everything is fine. I don't, uh, even sl- sleep deprivation has very little effect in that sense because I think we only lasted one night or maybe two because we didn't, we started in the evening, right? We started at eight. So it, you kind of like miss one day. But even so, I think sleep deprivation effects uh, didn't really sink in. So not much for me. Yeah. And anything you do, anything you do differently next time around? Is it, has that whetted your appetite to do this kind of event again? Um, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've booked my crew already because they're so good. They're like world-class, world-class act. Um, I think together we, we, we really got the formula, at least for me. I mean, you know, everybody's got their own s- stuff going on. But for me, I think what I've, uh, what we have uh, planned out worked, the resting, um, the massage, as well as the food and the nutrition. The nutrition was on point. I didn't feel any discomfort. I didn't have any GI issue. Um, I was uh, feeling strong. Thanks to my mother's uh, chicken soup, I had fresh chicken soup delivered to me. So that was just awesome. So yeah, okay. Back to the question, will I do it? Yes, absolutely. I wonder. I want to do more than twenty nine for sure. Quick question for Jerry. Um, Jerry, you said the women were going to be strong in the race when we caught up with you beforehand, and you mentioned Natalie and and Winnie were um, who, we, who we both had on beforehand were, were going to be strong. Did Jasmine's performance take you by surprise? Not really. That's why she was invited. <laughs> I suppose it was a it was a hit list of fifteen absolute guns that were at the start uh, starting block, right? So anyone you could have expected to to do plus uh, plus twenty four hours, twenty four yards plus. Yeah, everyone who was invited, I had a strong suspicion, if not a a confidence, that you know they could definitely pull something out of the bag. So there you go. Well, yeah, you certainly did that, Jasmine. Because not only did you oh. not only did you join the Myler Club, but you you did. I guess you almost did double your previous longest distance, right? Did you hit two hundred k? Not quite. Not quite. What I for? And I was really, you know, thinking if I should just pop a painkiller and go out again. Um, and that was that was uh, how mentally strong I, I I was. But 
um, you know, physically I was, I um, mean, the foot couldn't take the weight anymore. And I knew that if I take that, it would be a risk. I mean, I could come back 30 with a broken foot or I could do the 30 and not come back on time. And that would be a shame. So I think I should stop at 29. I, and I, I think um, I knew that, um, yeah, that two boys would be the ones that I had to look out for. And they proved me right. So I lost uh, with much respect to them. <laughs> well, I don't, think, I don't think anyone lost on the day, but congratulations anyway. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, happy. And then over to you, Hung Wei. So you, I think you also, that was your, the longest distance you'd ever run, despite some crazy achievements in your past. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think I've run longer than 24. Yeah, so it was definitely one of the longer ones. And a little different from anything you've done before, right? How did you, how did you tackle the, the stairs, the resting time, and, and, and the, yeah, the, the format? Yeah, uh, to, be, to be honest, I didn't, didn't really, 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 was, wasn't really attracted to the format. It's not really my, my cup of tea. I don't like all these things that have so many factors influencing the outcome. I just want to go and run, you know. I don't want to go and pack a bag and, and, and sleep and, and, and have somebody do stuff for me. I don't like that kind of thing. So, so uh, I just want to go and run, but nothing's happening, right? And then I hear something about a backyard and, and the backyard, you can actually do it with a few people and it's, it's doable. So, you know, I, so the more I thought about it, the more I, I wanted to do it because I got curious about uh, how far I could go and I hear these things about people talking about it and got really excited and finally uh, decided that I had to do it. <laughs> did, you, did you adjust your, your strategy, your training going into it? No, not, not really. Um, I still do what I do every day. Um, just go out and run uh, two hours and then that's it. It'd be flat. I don't like stairs. You know, um, I... <laughs> I, I don't like to go slow, um, or at least I don't like to go slower than I thought I could go for the day. I wouldn't purposely slow down. Yeah, so I didn't adjust it too much. Um, I was already, already doing a lot of mileage, so I didn't have to adjust it too much to keep uh, the mileage high. Um, and I think I was quite privileged to be able to do it. Um, very thankful. Uh, even difficult circumstances in these times, many of us can't train, but I had a chance to keep going. And I thought put it in some good use, do a race that I've never done before. I'd be really curious, uh, find out how far I could go. Yeah. And do, and do Singapore proud in the process. Well, yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, to enjoy it. And yeah. Did you, did you have a number in mind going into it? Or were you, were you thinking uh, more in terms of hours? What, what did you think you might get up to? Um, I've never done anything over 24. So it's kind of like an unknown. Um, and this sleep deprivation thing, my wife will tell you I'm the first to go to bed every night. So I'm not good with sleep deprivation. I'm not good with running in the heat. Um, none of my trainings were in the sun. I just hate it. So I knew this backyard was going to be a little bit of a, of a baptism of fire, but why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, so, um, you finished on 33 hours, right? Uh, yeah, it could be like 220, I think, maybe. Yeah. yeah so, just, a, just a note there. Technically, he did 34 hours. He just didn't come back in time. Uh, what happened on that last lap, Hung Wei? I think that's, that's where the weaknesses showed. And exactly what I feared was the fact that uh, I was just so inexperienced with this, with this long stuff and doing all the things that I don't like to do. And so when you have a chance to quit, the mind plays tricks on you and maybe tells you that, hey, um, you really can't go on anymore. And it's time to stop. Um, I think back about it and I was really tired and really bad shape. Also, I thought it was a good time to stop, good time to go to the toilet, good time to walk a bit more and a good time to finish late. And that was it. And then the next morning I woke up at 4am and I had to go for a run again. You know, that kind of thing. So, was like, <laughs> so I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if I thought bad. I went for a run. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, just a few hours ago, I quit, you know. <laughs> So I um, wasn't so sure what happened. And uh, I think the experience will help um, maybe bring me into a, a different stage in the future. Um, everything's learning. So, yeah, I really appreciate it. We can, we, we'll yeah. ask Abby about this in a minute too. But, I mean, were you, 
did you have any sense of 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 whether Abby was close to calling it a day? Were you trying to were you no, trying no. to mask the discomfort you were feeling? No, I mean, I mean, I, I had no sense that Jasmine was going to call it a day. So much less Abby. And when two of them were on the course, um, I was always coming in last. So um, I figured that there's going to be two of them. Um, but I'll just see how long I can go, you know, for the fun of it. Yeah. So it wasn't about about uh, the fact that you know whether it was going to drop. But I did. I did watch them and think. I know why am I doing this if I can't beat them? You know, I might as well, you know, finish it now and let them go on and have fun, you know. But nah, just see how far I can go. Hungway, when we caught up last time, I remember you saying that all of the 24-hour, 16-hour, 12-hour races you've done, you've never had a crew. And it's pretty much impossible to do this, to do this challenge, to do this race without a crew. So who did you get this time and how did it um how did you instruct them how did your pit stop as jasmine called it the f1 pit stop work out for, for your team you mentioned that you were the last to come yeah, in yeah, how yeah. much time did you leave coming in and and uh, and yeah well, how, how did that um how did that work out it's not impossible to do it without a crew and actually that i did think about it because i just didn't want to have to bother about how my crew felt every time i have people helping me out i always wonder if they're okay you know it stresses me out a little bit um, but I just didn't want to fall behind to the guys who had crew. So I figured I had to get a crew, but I didn't know anyone to crew. So I just, I just, I just, I just looked around to people I knew and I figured it's going to be a long time. And there's some guys out there that I, I really would like to get to know better and I don't really know very well. So I'll just ask them if they want to crew me and we'll get to know each other better. And so I picked uh, Whitley and, and Alex because I knew them. Uh, um, really wanted to get to know them a bit better and through the whole process of preparing for this I think we we kind of built a friendship and I think that was very special I counted myself a winner even before we started and uh, that's how I picked my crew and it turned out to be a, a very good crew yeah. and how, how did it work out on the day one way so what, what what time are you leaving for your um, for your sort of rest time oh yeah I um, told them and yeah. yeah I told them don't worry about the time um, I think if I came in 59 or 50 or 49, it didn't make any difference to me because, uh, I mean, you could run 48 just like that. You don't have to really stop, right? So, um, so, so, so um, yeah, let's just do it. And, and when, uh, when I come in, just let me be still. Give me 100 calories and uh, I'll be ready. Yeah, so they decided usually 100, 100 calories is probably just tailwind. And I took a slice of fruit and, and that was it for the first 24 hours. And I, and I guess, I mean, the one question is, would you do that again? And, and then secondary is, is, if you did, would you do it differently? Yeah, I would. Now, I mean, you do it once, the bug is bitten. You know, you got bitten by the bug. You just want to do it again because, because you, you just want to beat 33, you know. That's what you did. And, and, uh, and um, what would I do differently? Um, I would bring in the real food a bit earlier, maybe something with more calories. Uh, I kind of underestimated because my heart rate generally is quite low. I figured I could do with maybe very little, um, but I kind of underestimated the heat and the, and the fact that the heart rate was climbing and things like that. Um, so I'd probably bring a bit more real food a bit earlier. Um, maybe even the calories per hour a bit, a, a bit more, maybe double it. Um, so maybe instead of one scoop of tailwind, or maybe put one and a half or two uh, things like that. I wouldn't worry so much about getting sleep. I, I thought, you know, I need to sleep because it's going to be a long day, but I wouldn't worry too much about it because if you're going to run 48, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, <laughs> but if you're going to go to 60 and 70, yeah, I guess you need to sleep. Yeah. Then, uh, so I guess my next target would be 40. And if I knew I was going to get struggle at 35, then I wouldn't be too worried about sleep, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like uh, it seemed like Carl that did the seventy-five. The, the the tactic there was to just pack in the sleep from very early on, right? Yeah, he's coming in and getting a good 10, 15 minutes on each lap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely do it again, and uh, really grateful that I had a chance to try it, uh, and all or be be kind of coaxed into doing it because there was nothing else, and uh, opens the door to a lot more possibilities in the future in terms of the types of races that maybe we can try. Definitely one of our picks to, um, to, to be the last man standing, Hung Wei. Uh, and uh, like as humble as ever, um, I think that the, the one thing was that you'd never gone beyond 24 hours. And, uh, and 
the fact that you woke up and your body clock automatically kicked in and that four o'clock run, you still went out of her. It shows that, do you know what, you, you still had it in the legs. And so, yeah, I think that will hold you in good stead for, um, for when you take on the challenge to, next time. Mentally, you'll know that you, your body can still, uh, can still push on through. But a really incredible performance. The longest distance, I think the longest distance you've done in the past was 216 kilometers when you, in your 24-hour. So, um, so you did your longest time, longest distance. Yeah, you should it was. be extremely proud, sir. Extremely happy. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. And Abby, we, uh, we had a sneaking suspicion you'd be at the pointy end. We think that, you know, this, the stairs might have worked to your advantage. Yeah, I guess so. That's what Jerry told me. <laughs> she purposely put in the steps so that there's a bit of an added advantage for me. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, fantastic job, Abby. 30, 34 yards. Uh, not the longest distance you've ever run, actually. Yeah, it's not the longer distance I've ever run, but it's a different format that I'm used to. I'm more used to a lot more climbing, hiking and up in the mountains, not pounding on the aspert or road, road, road part of it. And you, I, we saw you got out for a, a decent training run on that route, right? You put in 90k beforehand, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, that was about three weeks ago, uh, three weeks before the actual event. So I did a 12 hours run just to trial out my pacing, my nutrition, what worked for me. Uh, so came up with a systematic plan uh, on the actual race day as well. What, what was the plan? What were you thinking in terms of timing of each loop and nutrition? So the, okay, the plan was the first, because it started on 17th night. So the plan on the 17th night was to do an average about 50 minutes each loop. And then in the daytime, do it between 48, 49. And we hit on the 18th night was to go faster, slightly faster, like 46, 47, so that I can get a bit more sleep, about 10 minutes sleep. So that worked out pretty well. Nutrition was, I had, Every hour I had tailwind and a bit of gel. Uh, on every fourth hour, I have a cup of oats or some solid food. So that was the strategy throughout the 34 hours and uh, worked very well for me. Yeah, at any point did you feel like it was going off the rails or were you, were you pretty confident throughout? I was pretty, I was pretty confident. <laughs> I was quite confident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a few bags of tricks. Uh, I was on cap caffeine deprivation again, uh, two and a half weeks before the race. And I took caffeine strip on the 30th hour because I was feeling a bit sleepy already. So that kicked, kicked me up again, picked me up and uh, put me on a nice pace where I could sustain for, I don't know how long. Did you, did you go into it with a, with a, a goal in mind or a, a, an idea of what you might be able to do? Uh, the goal was to be the last man standing. That's the first goal. The second goal... I wanted to see what my limit. I wanted to feel broken. I wanted to feel how it feels to be broken. Really. That was my second goal. So second goal was not achieved. First goal was achieved. Yeah, that, that could have been Jerry's gift to you just to completely break you down. When's the, when have you ever felt broken? Because I, you always look, I don't know whether it's just because your hair is in such perfect style, but have you ever actually like ever felt broken? Uh, yeah, when, in my commando training days, yes. But but not in trail running, like even um, even four trails has not no, uh, has not been no, you. No. And, and was this the um the further, What's the furthest distance you've been in the past? Was that was actually I know that um obviously you've done the um the stage race dragons back, but that's yeah. uh, stage race. But in one go is 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 two hundred ninety eight k the furthest distance, or you probably did about three hundred and twenty k that first year <laughs> at four trails yeah. actually, didn't you? But is that, yeah. is that the furthest distance you've done before? Yeah, that's the furthest distance I've done before. Yeah. So I guess, like in the back of your mind, you wanted to try and do the 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 furthest, the, the longest distance that you could possibly do in this one. No, at the back of my mind, I didn't have a set target or number of loops. I just wanted to take one loop at a time. That's it, one loop at a time, and then just keep on going. That's it. I didn't have a number of laps, or I want to do like forty-eight hours. As long as someone was going with me, I'll just keep on going. That was my goal and my intent. When you were there with, um, with Hung Wei, the two of you, I, you're, you're a competitive guy, Abby. I, I know that for sure. I've raced <laughs> against you. I've been, I've been running beside you before and, uh, and you've got this steely determination. It's a different format because you actually need Hung Wei to yeah. be able to help you get to the furthest distance. So 
and and also it's a team race as well. I think that's what was really made this quite a novel event is that you want you need you wanted to encourage everyone to go as far as they possibly could, so you could be up the um, the stack rank on the um, on on the global leaderboard. So how were you um, interacting with your other competitors, and were you actually trying to encourage them? Was it or were you just low focused in your lane, just, uh, uh, just trying to get around yourself? You see, Jasmine is smiling. Whenever I run past her, I ask her to smile. Don't be so serious about running. <laughs> and then I, I got to know Hong Wei a bit more. Found out a lot about him, his wife, his kids. And I, I got to know a lot of the runners there. Uh, there Sue, Ned, Ned, and a few more other guys got to know. So I, I wasn't competitive per se. At the back of my mind, I still had the goal. But I wanted everybody to just go as far, as long as they can. I wanted to, I wanted to have like about like five to six guys coming through to a miler and then going beyond. Because I think if there's a more people going through a miler and above, we would have gone further than 34 yards, I think, personally. We, we didn't ask Hung Wei this, but Abby, are you, are you thinking you'll, you'll take up the, um, the offer of going to Biggs next year? Yeah, I will. I will. And what are your, what are your thoughts around that? <laughs> like I said, I want to feel broken. Seventy-eight yards. No, but really seriously, I want to feel. How how does it feel to be broken? You know, when your support crew has to feed you and carry you and put you on the start line and ask, kick your ass and ask you to get a move on, man. I just want to feel that. So yeah, yeah it sounds like you didn't you didn't hit your limit clearly, and uh, yeah. everything was going pretty smoothly until then. So. I mean, not, yeah. I, guess, I guess not a lot of takeaways from the race. You didn't really learn much because you, everything yeah, was about, the plan. No, but I think the learning point for me was about pacing, trying to hold, because I like, like what Scott said, I'm pretty competitive guy and I like to push the pace. And it felt weird running slower than my usual pace. I think, who was it? Uh, Sue was complaining that it was too slow for her. That's why she was up in the front running such a speedy pace. So I told her, slow it down. You don't need to go so hard. Hold the pace. Yeah, but that was one of my learning, learning how to control, take it easy and enjoy the moments. I think that was uh, one point that I would take away from this. Well, yeah, an absolutely outstanding effort and, a, and an amazing team effort all around. Like you say, yeah. like, you know, I think everybody pushed themselves and, and, and possibly with the, you being the only exception, Abby, everyone went further than they'd been before and you'll now get the opportunity to go and try and do that again next year. Just to hand over to Jerry and Megan for a minute. I mean, the, the, they're the two, I guess, who you're the only two who had no option to quit, right? I mean, you were, you were locked in for the entire weekend. There was no getting out. We were, we were prepared to go all the way. But I mean, it was, a, it was an amazing feat what you pulled off because you, I mean, there was really nothing public about it until a few hours beforehand. Um, but you'd managed to put on the first, I guess the first meaningful event, running event, sports event in Singapore in, in quite a few months. Yeah, we, we tried really hard to make this an event that you know the bona fide racers would want to do and would be able to just put all their effort in and you know like I was talking to Megan um, before and after as well we had some last minute uh, worries like you know you were triple checking and quadruple checking everything just making sure that nobody was going to get into trouble that we weren't going to get anybody into trouble um, we wanted to make sure that it was all safe and I was buzzing around like a auntie <laughs> making sure that people were off the road and not spectating and I told a lot of people off um, mostly Abby's friends <laughs> <laughs> who all came by. Um, I think everyone turned up like every hour on the hour <laughs> to see them. But, you know, I think we really did our best because this is something that I personally, and I think Megan now that she's seen how everything works behind the scenes that we would have wanted to be a part of um, racing or, you know, race directing. But we did wish that we were racing at some point anyway. So how did you how did you split responsibilities over the over the time? Did you manage to get any rest yourselves or not? 
Um, you know what? I think we sort of just tag teamed it the entire time. And when one of us felt tired, um, we had a really amazing venue in, in FWCC and Fabian was so generous with his space and his time and, uh, allowing Jerry and I access into the clinic and inside the clinic, he had his, one of his massage beds that he allowed Jerry and I to sort of close the door and turn the aircon on. And when we needed to you know, get a couple of minutes of sleep and just sort of make sure that we were as fresh and uh, alert as possible. Um, we would just sort of, <laughs> one of us would go and, and catch an hour or so of sleep and then come back out and we felt, felt refreshed. And like everybody has sort of mentioned in, in this conversation, we expected um, the race to go the distance and, and we were prepared. We were fully prepared to be there until Wednesday at some point. And, and we were sort of, you know, looking into the future and thinking, okay, well, it, just feeling really fortunate that, that Fabian had, had um, allowed us such as just a, a dynamite space. Um, I think it was a great starting point and finish point for the racers. Um, given the restrictions that we had to work with, it, it allowed us uh, adequate um, racer and crew space uh, within the, within uh, the shop front and, and beside um, where his shop was. And it allowed Jerry and I a little bit of um, space to sort of escape and, and get what we needed to get done done. So yeah, we, I feel like, um, you know, Jerry and I make a, a really a dynamic duo and, and um, we just managed the whole time and kind of knew exactly what, what each other's roles were and where we needed to pick up the slack and where we needed to back off. And we have a lot of trust in our working relationship. So it worked out really well. Yep. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly seemed that way from afar. I mean, did, did anything not go to plan? Were you worried at any point with the, 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 the feed drop out? Were you no, worried I about think, any of the runners? I think the most, like Jerry mentioned, like we had, like both of us have done many events in the past. And I think that, because of the nature of the virus, there was just so many levels of complexity that we had to deal with. And it, it be it, like, I didn't mention it to Jerry and Jerry didn't mention it to me, but I think both of us read the, S, the sport SG rules and regulations probably a thousand times just to ensure that we had every single T crossed and I dotted. And we wanted to ensure first and foremost that it was a race that nobody was concerned about um, getting into any sort of trouble and we wanted to make sure that we gave and delivered and executed an event that was world-class and that was kind of the I think and Jerry will probably agree that we wanted to come out with our inaugural event and make it something that was special and that people would want to remember Fatbird events and that it was an event that that um, we delivered on kind of all of the aspects of a of what um, a good event or an excellent event should include and and um, yeah that's sort of I think I can't even remember what your question was Rick sorry no no, no. I mean it, that certainly was the you know from from a as an outsider looking in like just over the course of that Sunday the number of texts I had coming in from people saying hey have you heard about this thing that's happening down at East Coast Park and it was just growing and growing throughout the day um, and as you say, as you were saying just before, that there were there were more and more people who who did manage to get down and see at least a little part of it. Cool. I think we did one of the things that we did um, prior to the start of the race. We were really adamant, like no social media posting and that kind of thing. And I think ultimately it was really really hard to suppress the excitement of the racers and Jerry and myself. And we were kind of like you know what, the race has started. We've done a great job sort of getting everybody out of the start pen and setting up their crew and everything like that. Forget it. We, we were too excited to not share some of the, the amazing things that were happening and developing and just watching the enthusiasm and feeling the energy from the racers and the volunteer and the crew and from Jerry. And it was too much to sort of like put a lid on it and be like, no, we can't share until Wednesday or whatever. So I personally am really glad that we, that we decided to kind of like push that to the wayside and, and start sharing because ultimately it was just the, the attention that it drew. And like you said, you were getting text messages and, and so were we, and, and we were so happy to be able to share that, that excitement with, with other, with the community and beyond. So. Yeah. Sorry. One of the, one of the difficulties for us was that race experience, you know, when you're, especially at a start finish line, 
it's in my it's in my nature and and Megan's as well to be yelling at our, at the top of our voices and screaming and shouting and you know cheering people in and kicking their asses and making they're getting making sure they're getting out again and it was so hard to be quiet because it's a residential area where we were and having to tell everybody like keep your noise down you know you can't you can't scream and yell no clapping no nothing and that was just it just didn't feel like the kind of race atmosphere that we really wanted. So I was really, really glad that, you know, people started turning up at, along East Coast Road and anyone who came to support, we said, go down onto the course. It's a really nice walk. Just take, you know, take a walk down and you can cheer them on from there because they'll really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Jerry, what, um, yeah, I'd say it was, it was great being able to follow it online, but as you were, uh, you're like right at the coal face being able to and you Megan being able to watch people come in come out like I'm interested to hear your story and how it how it played out over those 34 hours like what were the sort of peaks what were the troughs like did you know like um whether was there any surprises like uh yeah what was it like being there on the ground sort of uh, watching people roll in every hour I think for from my perspective um I always knew that the first 24 hours was going to be uh right, let's try and get this over with um, because the race doesn't quite start, I think, till after 24 hours and, you know, a few people drop out and then you're starting to grit your teeth and go, right, okay, I'm getting tired now or my feet hurt. Um, but it was interesting at the start to see how people were managing differently. I mean, I know all the racers, um, you know, maybe better, a little better than Megan does because um, I'm a little more involved with the ultra community itself. But it was very interesting seeing um, people's, the way people coped with the rest time and how they interacted with each other. You know, as, as, as time went on, some faces were just, you know, really so excited we're going, this is going on. We had a very early um, DNF. So everyone, technically everyone apart from Abby DNF'd, right? And um, we had a very early DNF from Winnie who'd been training really, really hard. And the, her disappointment was just palpable. You know, she, you could see she was so upset that she had to drop out, but she didn't really have much of a choice. She really couldn't continue. It's just stomach issues that, um, she couldn't she couldn't carry on with and then as people started dropping out um, you know our hearts were breaking I mean mine was definitely and you see different people like Ned is struggling in sometimes um, and you know I'm just encouraging him so he didn't have crew and I'm just like right Ned whatever you need just tell us you know you need coke we'll make sure you've got it you need gels but we'll scrounge them from somewhere no problem and Ben was stressing us out no end because he was coming in like 55 minutes every hour on the hour and we were just all of us standing at the start finish line going where is he he doesn't have much time left and he was so consistent um right up to 24 hours and then he was like right that's it i'm done but you could see it in his face that he was totally done you know but he um, held it together up until that minute that he crossed the Yeah. Bridge. I had no idea. I thought he was going to keep going and keep going. And then he really just crumbled. He just couldn't, couldn't envision himself doing the, going that extra loop. Yeah. This is Ben Sweet. Yeah. What, yeah. what did Ben get up to? How many yards did he do in the end? 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so the, 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 the there were five people that did the, the miler. It was, um, yeah. it was the three rock stars that we've got on here and yeah. then Ben and Natalie, Natalie down. Ben and Natalie, right. yeah. So, I mean, we've got Natalie who's never run, you know, more than a hundred Ks or 84, I think. Um, then you've got, um, you've got Sue, who's Sue Corsa, who's also run much further than she ever has. Melissa, um, Alvin dropped out with an injury, unfortunately. Um, and, Alex Ang, who's been running thousands of kilometers before this, just his body just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> we were so we were joking when we caught up with you guys beforehand that like he's basically just burnt himself out over the last six months. He was just been running some serious kilometers, hasn't he? Yeah. But, um, and and did he, yeah, he got to around twenty? Did he twenty or twenty two? Twenty two. Yeah, I think it's twenty two. 
and we had Joshua who was um, he did Dragons Back with Abby and uh, he was a bit of a dark horse because we I didn't know that much about him um, but he really really wanted to be one of the last ones standing if not the last and the emotion showed by all the participants was just it was heartbreaking and uplifting and inspiring and motivating yeah. all at the same time there's a lot what of vulnerability um you know for a lot of them from the neck up they're fine their brains are you know all still working and ready to rock and roll from the neck down their bodies were falling apart um joshua you know mentally was still strong his body just fell apart and he couldn't carry on. A lot of them just succumb to injury of some sort. Uh, and it's just something that was really interesting to witness, actually. Yeah, it seems like this has been a, a great sort of showcase event for you, Jerry. I know that you had been planning to do a Beach Backyard Ultra um, this year already, and, uh, and COVID put, uh, paid to that. But um, this sort of gave you an opportunity to test the format. Um, have you got plans to sort of, um, I, I, I suppose, like, firstly, the, 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 both Abby and Hung Wei, you get an opportunity to go to, um, to, go to the World Champs, which is going to be this time next year, at the, the big um, backyard next year. Abby, you said you're, um, you're going. Hung Wei, are you going to be heading out? Do you get a spot as well? And are you going to be heading out? Do I get a spot? I don't know. Uh, so we are waiting for a clarification from Laz on that. His official statement as of today was, I don't know, I'm going to have to see how many spots I have left because it's going to get crowded. <laughs> so so was this is, for Singapore, because is this just for Singapore or is this, or is this, this is for I know all the assists. For all the assists, okay. Yeah, so okay. The, the, winner, the winner definitely gets a golden ticket um, and the assists we have to wait and see because we've asked that question several times and uh les this morning got back to me and he was like i asked him again yesterday or was it today maybe it was today hey. yeah and so he replied and he just said yeah <laughs> he was like i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna have to see if we um, have enough spots for the, for the benefit of listeners hungway is tightly crossing his fingers there <laughs> <laughs> you can go as yeah, abby's crew yeah. Well, Hongwei, you've never actually um, raced outside of uh, outside of Asia or Asia Pacific before, have you? So it will be um, that'll be your first time heading to the US to or heading outside the region. I think you've raced in Australia and China, but you've not um, you've not raced in um, in in Europe or US before, have you? So yeah, I'm, he's, think, he's I'm, out China. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but yeah, it doesn't seem like I've I've been to that part of the world many times in my life. But I think yeah. So yeah, maybe when I was yeah. a kid, maybe yeah. Yeah. And Abby, I'm just thinking about. Uh, I'm sorry, Jerry. I was just thinking about Abby's long-suffering wife. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was like seeing her supporting you, and then you're going to be dragging her out to Tennessee next year. Yeah, enough. There was a strategy. Now I planned my support group. Joe, which Jerry says uh, talks a lot, and then Wai Ming, because uh, he's um, quite good with managing me. My wife, because I know she will kick my ass if I slow down. So that's why she took the night shift. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. And, uh, and sorry, Jerry, back to you then. So um, are you going to be planning to do the, the beach backyard and what, what's the sort of time frame? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interest. Obviously, this, um, this was limited to 15 people. So what will be the format and, uh, and when are you going to look to sort of put it in the diary for? I think um, that's something with regard to scheduling that's something that Megan and I will have to discuss. We, we're still waiting for NPARCs and a few of the other uh, government agencies to start opening up. Um, it's still to do with restrictions. Nobody can book any event spaces at the moment. Uh, so it's likely to be next year. But if that's the case, then Hongwei, you've got a chance um, to win a golden ticket because that should be a golden ticket event. So if we if the assist doesn't get a golden ticket for um, big world championships, then we'll give you a free spot for beach backyard, and you can come try again. Is there an overhead bridge on East Coast Park? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make some vertical for you, though, somehow, Hongwei, or maybe that's for Abby. 
Yeah, I think Hongwei doesn't want the overhead bridge. <laughs> I know, I'm teasing. But currently, no. They're on our on our the route that we have planned. It's completely flat. It's flat. We do, however, have um, a potential other event uh, coming up before the end of the year. We're just seeing if we can fit it in, and we'll have more information coming up shortly. I hope. We hope. Um, just back to the, like the wider event then over the weekend, as you look back, I mean, obviously there were some incredible, incredible performances like the Belgium team, the Spanish team. I mean, the amount of people that got over 30 hours then and then all of a sudden sort of like dropped off a cliff. But um, for me, Mexico was just out of this world. Like they had three people that got into the, um, into the they got into the 60s, right? And, um, and they had, the, without a doubt, the toughest route. I mean, yeah. Not the toughest climate, as we talked about before. I, I honestly think that Singapore probably had the toughest climate out of any uh, uh, any other country. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what were your what were your thoughts, um, Jerry and Megan, about the sort of the global event and how it was all run and and what, um, the routes around the world, different countries. Yeah, I think uh, it, it was Jerry and I were glued to the to the broadcast. I mean, we had to be at the broadcast table for a lot of the time anyway. But it was it was really fun watching and hearing about um, all of the dis different racers and the courses that were happening um, around the globe. And I think, um, I think we were all rooting, you know, silently for the Mexicans. I think that their story was just so cool. And I mean, the amount of elevation, like it just like, I don't, I shake my head. I don't even know how they managed. And with the times that they were coming in, it was just crazy. So I think it was exciting to watch them. I think, you know, watching the American team, um, like Courtney and, and rooting her on was exciting. And obviously seeing Maggie drop was, was a bit of a surprise, I think, for everybody. And um, then the Belgians, they just kind of took over and they stayed kind of at the top of the pack for, they were, you know, as a team for a long time. And then, I mean, I think we were all glued to um, social media, just watching them Monday, Tuesday. And it was just an impressive show of, uh, a commitment and uh, like it was just so monumental I loved every minute of it I think that I mean like even for our own um base camp like our own finish and start line it was that between that 45 minute and 55 minute mark there was just such a jolt of energy that that everybody felt when the racers crossed the finish line and it was so exciting to see them all come in and and to go back to your, one of your questions it was very difficult to read the faces of our, our racers that time because I think you come into the finish line and it's so exciting. Okay, I made it. I'm back. And then there was like a moment of like, oh my gosh, can I go forward? And then people would just slog back to the finish line or sorry, to the start line with that 10 second sort of um, warning and, and they just make it out there again. So I think it's like locally and globally, there was just a lot of excitement going on. Like, and it was, we wanted to focus on our own um, uh, racers and, and their crew and the volunteers, but it was really hard not to be captivated with what was happening around the globe as well. Oh, one of the things I really wish that we could have done was to have broadcast and you know put the the global zoom on speaker because they were they were really good so the canadians were um organizing the whole global zoom link and it was really good because they had a structured program of interviews with each country and they were talking to people at different times so it was it was well planned out it was really well thought out um, you know, and the whole time we could see all the different countries and what was going on. I mean, the, to be honest, like our camera, there wasn't much going on with the with the race sites themselves until people were coming in or going out. But um, it was just really interesting listening to some of the stories behind the races and what they were doing and, and how they were keeping going. Even with Belgium, when they had their... Um, course change. Uh, course change. So they had a last minute course change because their COVID restrictions kicked in at midnight that night. Um, and so they, they had to have, um, they had to switch once the COVID restrictions kicked in because there was a curfew, there was a national curfew. And so they had to change their course to this loop that the Belgians had to just keep running around. I think it was seven loops um, of, uh, of a, or one, slightly less than one kilometer loop that they were doing. So that was incredible as well. 
um, and Philippines. Philippines <laughs> just made us giggle each time. There's just one guy Whatever. doing it. Yeah, and uh, one guy filming himself and you know, talking about yeah. it in his in the compound of his house, and you just see him on the hour, like you know, running past the camera and then running past in a different direction and running past again. Um, and it was just so funny. It was just it was hard it was not so to cheer him on. Yeah, yeah. he was so committed. Yeah, I mean, we we've talked about this before, but in many ways, the 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 backyard's kind of the perfect event. For, for 2020 right like this this idea of like every day is kind of bleeding into the next one and you don't know how long this thing's going to go on for and you've just got to get up and keep going again and again so in a way kind of the perfect the perfect showcase for for fatbird events and and for for this kind of running format and it, it really does seem to have captured the world's attention i keep getting prompts on facebook for news articles as, as the mainstream press are picking up on all of this and um and discovering just this 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 word weird niche in the ultra running community yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think a lot of people are just starved of social interaction and challenges, like personal challenges in the way that we're used to. There's no traveling anymore at the moment. There's no traveling for pleasure, certainly, and especially the Singaporeans. We're stuck on this island, um, pretty much, and it's driving us crazy. The number of people who have done cross island and round island rides and round island runs and cross, you know, coast to coast runs, um, it's through the roof. Uh, at least they're getting fit. That's, you know, one big, well, definitely one big benefit. Yeah, well, looking forward to um, for plenty more to come from, from you guys and from all of you as participants as well. Yeah, we're definitely keen, definitely keen to get the community involved in more, in more activities. Well, yeah, hopefully next time we don't have to keep it such a secret and you, uh, you can get even bigger crowds along to cheer you along, guys. <laughs> yes, that's the whole definitely. Yeah. yeah, thank you all so much for, uh, for coming and chatting about it. Um, it was, uh, I was watching from afar, it was so entertaining. I can ima only imagine for, for Megan and Jerry what it was like just uh just witnessing it firsthand in the coal phase for that for that amount of time but um congratulations jasmine hungway abby like just incredible um and yeah excited to see what the um what the three of you uh, get up to over the next uh next few months abby there's now a a flight bubble up to hong kong four trousers is on mate we want to see you breaking 50 pal we want to see you breaking 50. <laughs> Man, I'm going up there to support, not to run. <laughs> Is that right? Have you not got yeah. a spot? No, no, I didn't ask for running? a spot. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going there to volunteer. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, don't for, don't forget, are. Scott, that's what you said the year you did run it. You told everyone you were there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I, I reckon he's, uh, he's sharking us. He's there. But, uh, well, you've got to prepare for the bigs in that back, uh, backyard next year now. So, um yeah, excellent. Thank you all so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thank everyone. you. Tell like the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.